Hi, my name is Amar. I'm a senior econ student at Case Western. My name is Zach. I'm an incoming first year med student at the CUNY School of Medicine. And welcome to the MSX podcast, a show about a broad range of topics in medicine, from education to exploring research and contemplating future directions for the field. In each episode, we speak with leaders in the field to learn from their insight and expertise. Today, we have a second year med student at the CUNY School of Medicine interested in orthopedics. His name is Alan Samsonov. Thank you for coming, Alan. Thank you so much, guys. I'm uh, really humbled to have the opportunity to speak with you, and uh, I really support what you two are doing here. So thank you. Thanks. We, uh, we appreciate it. To start off, we just wanted to go back down memory lane, I guess. And considering the fact that you entered an accelerated BSMD program, I was wondering, how did you decide to pursue medicine right out of high school? It's a really great question. And uh, it's one that a lot of people who go into accelerated programs ask themselves uh, because they have to know for sure at a really young age. Um, but my answer goes back even before high school. Um, I kind of knew when I was really young. Um, so I grew up in a Russian household and uh, my first book was uh, ironically or unironically an anatomy book that my grandparents got me. And um, then it was just uh, a lot of visits to the Museum of Natural History. Um, I had a love for dinosaurs and really loved looking at all the dinosaur skeletons and, and the anatomy. And things just kind of built off of each other. And um, it, it moved forward through uh, my grandfather, who taught me how to fish. And uh, at six years old, he handed me the knife for the first time. And he, with full trust, he said, clean this fish. Um, and I, which I did, I scaled it, I gutted it, I cleaned it. But the first thing I did after was I, I cut into the stomach to see what the fish had eaten. And then I started cutting through all the organs. Um, and my grandpa kind of, uh, at least what he says is he knew then and there that I'd want to do surgery. Yeah. And I guess relating to that, um, throughout your time, high school, undergrad, uh, undergrad and onwards, uh, how did you figure out that orthopedic surgery was the specialty that you were interested in specifically? Yeah, so um, a lot of my answers actually go back to my grandparents, and that's just because of how close I was and am. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, in my youth with them. And um, so my grandfather, aside from being a fisherman, was uh, by occupation a carpenter. Uh, and I spent a lot, I mean, honestly, too many of my Saturdays in his carpentry shop with him. And again, at a young age, I was using tools. I was um, screwing uh, screws. I was hammering nails. Uh, I was using saws, I mean, with his supervision. But I was so in love with using my hands to build things that he actually had to uh, allot space in his shop, um, aside from the kitchens and cabinets that he was building for clients, for things that I built. Uh, so it kind of started with that. And then touching back on what I said about how much I love the dinosaur skeletons, um, I feel like orthopedics was in my DNA and uh, it was within me before I realized it and not to sound corny or anything, but so much of my upbringing supports that. Um, then I had a few injuries that further cemented the fact that uh, orthopedics really is the most uh, intricate and amazing field out there. Yeah. So I'd love to learn about maybe your time during your injury. You know, when did the injury happen and what was so formative about it? Yeah. So two years ago in a few weeks was uh, my first major injury. Um, so I'm, I'm an ice hockey player for my entire life. And I dislocated my shoulder and broke my clavicle uh, playing. It was actually the first game as captain for the college team 
uh, in the third period, and we were getting beaten really, really badly. And the whole time we were just trying to keep our heads into the game. Um, so I honestly got absolutely folded like a table. Like I ran into a really, really big guy and my shoulder popped out. Um, it popped back in into the bench and I didn't think much of it. I finished the game, but then <laughs> scans the next few days showed that I had a pretty big labral tear. Um, so going through surgery, the rehab, I mean, just seeing the entire uh, process through the patient perspective and also as an athlete and someone interested in orthopedics and sports medicine, I mean, it was really humbling and empowering at the same time. It really made me appreciate the, the skill level it takes to be not only a competent physician or orthopedic surgeon, but like a literal caregiver. Um, and I was very involved in my care and I feel like my surgeon used that to amplify his treatment. We work together. And I mean, the shoulder I genuinely feel is good as new. Um, but lo and behold, uh, a month after being completely cleared by uh, my shoulder doc, I was skiing and I tore my ACL, um, my left ACL on the same side as my shoulder. So I was really back in a rut again. Uh, I was excited to finally get back to sport. And I kind of, you know, it was like teased in front of me. And then the opportunity to go back to living my active lifestyle was taken away. Uh, and that one definitely was more difficult mentally and physically uh, because I just spent the last six months recovering. Uh, I mean, the journey is not painless, um, you know, both up here and wherever was injured. Uh, family needs to be involved. And uh, it, it, it felt really grim to have to redo the whole process. Um, but again, I found a great doctor who took really good care of me. We formed this excellent uh doctor-patient relationship. Uh, I was really involved. And what I really liked is throughout this whole process, I was getting more and more involved in orthopedics on my own. So I was able to, even though still very rudimentary, I was able to kind of understand the lingo and the logic of what these surgeons were doing, who are obviously very skilled and do these cases um, every week. So being involved, knowing the anatomy of my injury, uh, the logic behind uh, the reconstruction and how it was done, uh, so it reminded me a lot of being a youngster uh, in my grandpa's carpentry shop where I had, basically it was my playground. Uh, and I, I was just really excited um, to understand or try to conceptually take apart um, what was going to happen inside my own knee. And um, it's honest, it honestly made me proud. Uh, not that I injured myself, but it made me proud that I took an active role in understanding what went wrong and applied it to my own passion of orthopedics, hopping back over to the hopefully eventual care side of the team. Now that we've talked about you being like a patient and uh, you're also at the halfway point of medical school, you kind of have this perfect outsider, insider perspective of like the healthcare industry, right? So what is something that you'd want to change about the system that you're planning to enter in? So I definitely think that I had a, a unique role in kind of playing both both parts uh, on both ends of the interaction. But through both my clinical experience and my, my research in orthopedics uh, and uh, the last two years of being uh, a patient, I think that one thing that I could really take away is uh, from a positive that I experienced in the last two years. Um, when I was a patient uh, for both of my injuries, but particularly for my second one, where I I was really you know, upset with myself and with my body. Uh, the fact that my doctor took the time to draw out 
my injury, draw out um, the knee, the anatomy, the procedure. And I mean, it may seem childish, like almost, it was basically a cartoon, but it was on the wax paper that I was sitting on, on the examination table. He just took out a pen, sketched really quickly and took a second to ask me, hey, like, do you have questions? I mean, even though I told him that I was interested in orthopedics, the fact that he genuinely took time to make sure that him and I are, were on one line of communication and the fact that he took the time to establish that it was a team effort really meant a lot to me. And it's something that I want to take with me uh, when I start practice. And I wish we're more, um, we're more of a part of orthopedics and healthcare in general. Uh, so many times the, you know, physicians, they, they know the right thing to do for their patients, but that know that, Hey, like, I know that I'm genuinely don't going to do good. The patients can't, 100% appreciate that. But that teamwork, that go, instead of going from I'm offering a service to you, that we will work together, I think that's uh, something that should definitely be happening more often moving forward. And I'm going to take an active part in propelling that. And along those lines, uh, I know you're talking about your injury before and this whole journey. You know, med school and life in general is just full of ups and downs. You know, we were wondering just how you approached setbacks or failures and like, what was your mindset during those times? And I guess the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, considering all that was going on. Yeah. So, uh, something that I've always been is, uh, I've always relied on a team, whether that's my family or my friends, or sometimes even, you know, a dog, a pet, a fish, it really doesn't matter. Growing up playing hockey, uh, hockey is a sport that you, you can never win alone. You can be the best player on the ice uh, by miles, but if the other team works together. It, it doesn't matter. The game, the game is called. So when things got tough, I, I was really lucky to have a great support system uh, to lean on and to, to speak to and just kind of let my emotions out. But there were times where I really, uh, even the support system couldn't understand uh, certain difficulties uh, so it was really just me alone, you know, thinking in my room. I, I recall in the first week after my knee surgery, uh, it, it was crucial for me to keep my knee in full extension. Uh, so as the graft sets, I have maximal extension in the range of motion of my knee. And it's very uncomfortable because you can't support your knee from behind. Um, rather, the only support has to be behind your heel. So it's like keeping your leg elevated just as if it's just like on a chair for hours at a time. And I guess it was one of those, uh, even though this is kind of a microcosm for like potentially much larger issues, it was the fact that my body is telling me this hurts and I don't want it, but my brain is telling me that I need this for, for the better good for my future self. It's just, I think it's, it's the discipline, the, uh, the logos over the pathos, the, the having the conversation with yourself and addressing the fact that you might not want to do a certain thing or you might be hurt by a certain someone or a certain event, but always bringing it back to you and saying, hey, I feel this way or I think this way, but I know that the greater answer is this or in the long term, I'm going to need to act this way. And that kind of just keeps you grounded because it's really easy to be distorted or skewed, whether it's in school, um, extracurriculars, in relationships, and family. So that's that's what always been my rock. 
Yeah. So I, I'd also love to learn more about like how you created those support systems and um, best practices for students that are like maybe in a difficult time or having difficulty with school relationships, etc. Yeah. Firstly, I think you always have to know your why, why you are who you are and why you're doing certain things and not to let your past define you. Um, there is always only one direction and that's forward. Um, so whether there are difficulties, people who don't wish you well, or classes, topics, I mean, med school is extremely arduous and even beyond that just feel like brick walls, in, impervious brick walls, you, you know, you have to know your why and your why is to get through that brick wall. Uh, whatever that may be, everyone's situation is, is different. But if you have your purpose, if you know why you're doing the things you're doing, then it doesn't matter how difficult a certain task can be because you will mount your best absolute effort because you are connected to your purpose. And I guess talking more about med, med school specifically, since you're almost uh, nearing the end of your second year, we're wondering like, what are some things you've learned in those first few years that separates people that do and people that don't succeed uh, you know, in that time? Yeah, I think uh, a, a really valuable skill to have uh, in medical school is the ability to stand back up after being knocked down. Uh, no one starts medical school a doctor or, you know, even a rotating student, um, you know, there's going to be way more that you, you don't know than you know. Um, they're going to be, you're going to feel smaller than you've ever felt at times, dumber than you've ever felt at times. But it goes back to knowing your why and why you're here. So whether that's, you know, adjusting your study schedule towards the morning or towards the evening, whether that's somehow enticing yourself to um, sit and work or, you know, find a peer to work with. I think it's really important to be a successful medical student is just to keep getting up and trying. The first nine options, the first nine doors might lead to nothing, an empty room, but that last door will have that answer. It'll have what you're looking for. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people that I've known uh, both here at the CUNY School of Medicine and out in other institutions, um, have come to the conclusion that medical school was too difficult for them um, without losing their passion for medicine. I mean, it's different if med school is not for someone, but an inability to cope with the stressors and rigor of medical school. And from listening to a lot of people and, you know, learning from other people's experiences, I found that, you know, to reiterate, one of those really important things is just, it's that will to fight. You have to advocate for yourself as a learner, as a student. You have to use the resources you have available to you, whether that's faculty, books, the librarian, even the security guard that opens the door for you late when, you know, you forget your key card. That's all really important to use everything you have and also just be extremely nice to everyone because everyone is there trying their best. Everyone is there to help you and help themselves. And um, I can't. Uh, emphasize enough how important it is to treat everyone with dignity and uh, love. Because you said, you know, people at like the CUNY School of Medicine and other medical schools that like couldn't cope with the stress of med school. So they had to, I'm assuming, drop out. They dropped out without losing their passion for medicine. So is that like pushing out of passionate people 
like forcing them to drop out because of they couldn't cope with the stress, a problem with like the system itself? Um, is something being done wrong or is it like a necessity? Do you need that stress? Yeah, so that's a definitely a difficult question. So if med school were easy, I mean, this, these are my dad's words. If med school were easy, everyone would be a doctor. So that's when, whenever I tell him how, you know, how hard of a time I'm having, he always reminds me. Um, so that's one part of the equation. But the other part of the equation is um, passion is good, but passion is, is not enough. You have to do something about that passion. You have to have a, a, a will to fight and a will to survive in medical school. In medical school is extremely, extremely difficult. I mean, um, people who apply in sometimes take years or even an entire degree before applying in. And I just, I feel like it has to be coming from the heart, right? So that's that passion part. But also going back to, you know, kind of the one piece of advice that I, I would give or what I was referencing before was, or rather how I cope with things, that it has to be logos over pathos. And I've noted that those are some, that quality is very common in successful people, both in and out of medical school, that you know it's going to be a fight. You know it's going to be a dirty fight, tooth and nail, but you have to bring it. And if you get knocked down, you get right back up. Go to, you go to the gym, you practice, and then you go right back in for the next round. I guess now that we've talked about some of the rigors of med school, uh, you know, it's a common perception that going to med school is kind of giving away your 20s. And we were just thinking that from what you've seen and what you've experienced, how do you make the most out of time in med school outside of class? Yeah, so that's definitely something that the high schoolers, going back to your first question, have to bargain uh, because you do give away a lot of your really, really good years. But so maximizing time out of class, I think that you it has to be um, a non-negotiable, just like a non-negotiable to study and grind. And, you know, you have to get your work done before anything else. I don't feel like there is uh, a problem with, you know, some people feel very guilty for taking time off from studies uh, and, and work. I think it's really important to get away, to do other things, to completely shut the mind away from, from medicine, because medicine can be like a vacuum. I mean, even experts in their fields are always learning. I mean, you can never learn everything for a test, for a class, for a board exam. So you have to give your mind and your body a break. I mean, we're lectured a lot on mindfulness and wellness and working out and eating, but I think holding on to friends outside of medical school, even though it's obviously great and helpful to have friends within um, your career and journey, but having friends outside, just being able to completely disconnect, uh, that has been a huge thing for me. I mean, I've been playing hockey, uh, you know, Sunday mornings back in Brooklyn where I'm from, and uh, not a single word of medicine, just pure hockey, just a bunch of guys get together, play hockey. The same thing with fishing. I mean, in a good summer, I'd come home from clinic or whatever, even on my Saturdays, just go fish. Absolutely no thought of medicine. And that disconnect is crucial. I mean, I might even argue to say like necessary. It, I mean, it can be unhealthy to just live, breathe within medicine. And a lot of people, unfortunately, misinterpret that that is how to succeed in medical school. And I would, you know, I would argue against that. It's, it's a work hard and then give yourself a break mentality. 
So do you think that that might be a solution to some of the like stress culture that uh, is often medical school? Yeah, I think people need to know that it's okay to not be studying 24 seven. I mean, we're human, we, are, we aren't robots. Um, even, I mean, it can be classmate to classmate or upper years to lower years where, um, you know, younger students or incoming students are vulnerable because they don't know how to walk the walk of medical school. So a lot of them try to sprint and that sprint can be really, really deteriorating. Uh, so, I mean, even all the students that I mentor, I tell them, I mean, you're, you're, you're working really, really hard and that's great. And you see that in your grades, but make sure to take some time, give your mom a call, give your brother a call, go for a walk. I mean, we live in New York where at this time of the year, sunlight is not taken, should not be taken for granted. I, I really cannot emphasize how important. And my injuries have given me perspective on that when I was sitting at home for many, many weeks at a time. Um, just how valuable conversation with someone else can be. I guess rushing, you know, from personal life more into pursuing the field that you want in the future. We're wondering how, as a med student, do you maximize that uh, involvement? Because let's say you're, because you're interested in, in a field like orthopedics where there's not much uh, that gets touched upon it in med school, how are you able to maximize that type of involvement outside of class? Yeah, so our school doesn't have a uh, formal orthopedic faculty uh, or a formal orthopedic program. And given that, like you said, Zach, we, we don't touch much on orthopedics. So it's a really, you know, you have to be a go-getter and you have to seek out opportunities. Uh, the way that I did it was... I cold emailed a ton of people. I didn't even start in orthopedics. I started in just trauma surgery, trauma and critical care. I kind of got my feet wet uh, with research, with shadowing, uh, just in general, the, you know, how to walk the walk in the hospital. And then I, I moved on to orthopedics. Um, and that opportunity would have never presented itself to me if I didn't go out and find it. If I didn't seek out someone to help me look over my cover letter, and my CV and to annoy my brother to let me practice my interview skills with him. Um, I don't know if it's just in medical school in general or it might just be people our age because we start medical school so early, um, but we have to understand that it is very, very coming from yourself and not, hey, here is every opportunity you can think of and every scholarship and every this, every that. Every hand shaken has to be your initiative. Um, in fact, as silly as it sounds, um, one of my mentors once told me, shake every single person's hand in every room you're in for a day. It doesn't matter what setting you're in, but just introduce yourself to everyone. And I did, and it was very, very tiring. And I kind of felt uncomfortable, but the number of connections that one day has brought me, I mean, not only in medicine, but in general, I speak to a lot of those people, people that I would have never spoken to. And I feel like myself and I mean, I'm not perfect. I can be better. I can network better. I know that. But I think just knowing the fact that it's on me, I have to, I have to introduce myself um, both for, by, for my benefit and hopefully the person who I'm introducing myself to his or her benefit for establishing a relationship, a connection where later in industry, that might be a really big deal. 
Yeah, I'd love to talk more about maybe one of these connections that have been super meaningful to you and just explore like where it took you. Yeah, so uh, my first orthopedic experience um, at NYU, uh, it was, I mean, I, I was extremely nervous when I first started there three years ago. So it was my first and I'm still, I'm still working there. So clearly <laughs> something is going, going right. Um, but I was extremely nervous to start. Um, I forced myself with a very sweaty hand uh, to, to shake the, the surgeon's hand, the fellow's hand, uh, the resident who was working with them at the time. Um, and I had a very, very nervous summer experience. Um, I was the youngest person there by far. I had no knowledge of orthopedics, um, but I tried to apply some of the principles that I've been sharing with you all um, today. Just the, you know, you have to have the will to fight. You have to go out and do it. Um, something else that I haven't mentioned is you have to be confident. That's what I always tell myself. As silly as it is, I sometimes just go into whatever, a bathroom before a big event and just Superman pose. Um, that sounds you know, it sounds corny. When I first heard of it, it was corny, but I found that it's really helped me um, because, you know, just even puffing your chest out to think like, I belong here. I can do it. It's been huge. So after that summer, um, I learned a tremendous amount and I got invited back to keep working with the group, which I have. And uh, from there, it's blossomed into multiple research projects, uh, a, pub a few publications, a few conferences, all that I've been humbled and blessed uh, to work on. Uh, I've met some absolutely outstanding people, um, innovators, geniuses in the field, uh, ambitious students at my level, younger than me, older than me. And uh, that experience uh, is the most meaningful to me and will always be the most meaningful to me because it confirmed that I want to do orthopedics. It showed me that it, it, I felt like I belonged. It felt like walking into my hockey locker room growing up. Uh, just my teammates there have my back and we're all here for a common cause. Yeah. And so I guess, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time here. Do you have any final words of wisdom or parting advice for anyone that's trying to do, you know, anything in medicine, find their passion or, you know, pursue something they're passionate about? Yeah, for sure. Um, you never know until you try. Uh, whatever it is, shadow a doctor speak to a professor, attend a lecture, sign up for an online class, try a new food, whatever it is, try a new sport, a hobby, you never know. It doesn't matter who says what, you for yourself will never know until you try. Um, so be open to new opportunities, get good at shaking hands, and just have a smile on your face because we're all really lucky to be where we are and to be trying to um, move forward in each of our each of our respective paths. So just remember your why, be happy, and we really are blessed to be where we are. Thank you so much, Alan, for your time. And this has been the MSX Podcast.